0: Well, welcome every single person watching right now, whether it's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, huge Merry Christmas from our whole church family to you. I want to talk to you today, fairly briefly, on this thought: the Battle of Two Kings. The Battle of Two Kings. You might think of Christmas time as obviously there's Christmas trees and presents and tinsel and food and gatherings and all those kinds of things, but the uniqueness of Christmas is actually deeper than that. We're going to jump into the text today, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. The Bible says this, that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi or wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star. They literally had followed this star that continued to change direction or change location as it stopped over where he was born. And they have come to worship him Verse three says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed about it. And all Jerusalem with him, when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they answer answer him, Bethlehem. King Herod was known to be King Herod the Great. He actually tried to win favor with the Jewish people by building actually the temple that Solomon built and, and making it even more lavish. The Bible actually says in verse eight that he sent them to Bethlehem and he said to the wise men, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Watch this now. There's two of extreme cases. One extreme case of an insecure, fearful king and the other really quite extreme case, they are worshipping, they're seeking, they're overjoyed actually when they find Jesus. They bring gold, they bring Frankincense. They bring myrrh. They bring gold as a sign of his kingship. They bring frankincense as a a sign of his deity. They bring myrrh as a sign that actually he'll be a suffering savior. So these kings, these these, sorry, these wise men have come from literally hundreds of miles away and have journeyed and sought. And if you if you've ever um, thought about treasure and seeking treasure, it's always this X marks the spot. And 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 honestly. It wasn't X marks the spot, it was the star that marked the spot. And they were following this sign. I actually believe that God gives you enough signs in your life to find Him. I think He'll give you, maybe not a physical sign, but He will give you inclinations in your heart. He'll give you moments To actually say, listen, I am real. The Bible says very, very clearly in Romans 1 that we're actually without excuse. That if you literally look at the heavens and the earth and all that God has made, God has said, I'm I'm actually making myself plain to you. And if you'll be like the wise men, if you follow those signs that are actually clear to you, you'll actually find the treasure at the end of the map. Here's what the Bible says in verse 11. It says on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother and they bowed down and they worshiped him. You see when you and I see Jesus for who he is, we'll always have the appropriate response. We'll bow down, we'll worship, we'll bring appropriate honor. We won't fear him, we'll rejoice when he comes. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called, these beautiful names of God, wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father. They brought to Jesus gold and frankincense and myrrh. It was both symbolic, but it was actually very practical. They literally helped Mary and Joseph literally escaped to Egypt. They literally brought enough funds so that they could live in Egypt for three years. They sought this treasure and guess what? They found the treasure. But watch what Matthew chapter 2 says. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Herod is obsessed with his position. He's obsessed with his power. He's obsessed to protect it. What's interesting, he is a king, but for some reason, he is absolutely believing lies. If you've ever watched the movie Elf, there's this funny moment where Will Farrell is literally watching the fake Santa Claus and he says this line to him. He says, you sit on a throne of lies. You know, the truth is the King Herod sat on a throne of lies. What he actually believed about Jesus was right and it was wrong. It was right that he thought he was a king, but it was wrong because he actually thought that King Jesus would take away his kingship. And here's the interesting thing, and I want you to hear this and let this hit your heart today. Understand that Jesus doesn't want to take away your position. He actually wants to sit on the throne of your heart. He didn't want to change Herod's position nor his power. He actually would have given him more power to actually serve his people in an appropriate way with a right heart. Herod the Great would have become a greater king but unfortunately because he sought his own greatness, he wanted to protect his own power he literally becomes known not as Herod the Great. He becomes known as the one who wants to literally assassinate the king of all kings. He sought to kill Jesus. And, and, and here's the funny thing about it. How many know that God's plan is going to happen? You might fight it. You might reject it. But God's plan is going to happen. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine recently and he said, I was giving counsel to someone. And as I was giving counsel to someone, he thought to himself, man, I need to take my own counsel. You ever done that? You've given someone counsel. And as you're talking to them and saying, listen, I think you should do this. It's almost like your heart gets convicted and you're like, man, I need to listen to my own advice. I wonder about the advice you would give Herod. As you look at the scriptures, look back on the scriptures, psychologists actually tell us that different to animals, one of the amazing things that you and I have the capacity to do as humans is sit outside of ourselves and then kind of watch ourselves and give ourselves advice. I want you to do that for a moment. I want you to think back on Herod. If you were a counselor, what would you tell Herod? Man, I wonder what you'd tell Herod. I would tell Herod, this I tell him, Herod, Jesus is not here to take away your position, but to give you a higher position, actually. Herod, you can either accept God's plan or you can reject God's plan, but you can't fight God's plan. Wow. Okay. The first thing I tell Herod is this, Herod, the one you think is somehow trying to destroy your life is offering you the greatest gift ever imaginable. The king of all kings, not just a king of a Judea, a king of a large country, Herod the Great literally tried to make himself great and lost his greatness. But if we'll seek the great king, we'll actually humble ourselves and say, let the great king sit on my heart. And actually, God will take you on a journey. It might be a different journey. It might be a humbling journey. It might be different than the things you've planned, but it'll actually be a greater journey into His greatness. The amazing thing about Herod is Herod actually spent a lot of his money trying to build and rebuild and make even more beautiful the temple of Israel of that day. Think of the irony of this for a moment. He spent money to actually fix the temple. He spent money and resource and time and energy and effort to actually make the temple greater. But when the king of that temple showed up, he wanted to kill him think about this for a second. Again, take that counselor role. Take that role in your own life. Are you going Herod on Jesus? When Jesus wants to come into your life, are you so protecting your little kingdom so protecting your little way, so protecting your lifestyle and your thinking and maybe your money or your popularity, whatever it might be. I wonder if Jesus literally showed up in your life and he says, can I have this? And you're like, well, wait, I'm trying to protect this. This is what Herod was doing. And if you and I as maybe you're a Christian, maybe you're not a Christian, maybe you're thinking about God, not sure about God. And understand when Jesus shows up, he offers you life. He offers you forgiveness. He offers you hope. He offers you the eternality of God. He offers to wipe away every debt. He literally offers His greatness to you. But here's what's interesting. Like Herod, we can get protective. We can get insecure. We can literally say, no, I don't want that because I'm trying to build my own kingdom. Let's be that wise counselor. Let's step outside ourselves for a moment. Let's ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Man, am I literally going Herod on Jesus? Am I trying to kill His purpose because I'm so busy trying to protect and watch over my little kingdom? You may not think of it as a kingdom, but anytime you say no to God, you're kind of saying, God, I'm king. When I say no to God, what I'm really saying is, God, I don't want your kingship. I want my kingship. You see, the story of Jesus, the story of the Bible, the story actually of Christmas is not just about two kings, but it's really about two kingdoms. And there are really only one response that is appropriate to the true king. And that is, you be the king. That's you be the king. Let me bring appropriate worship like the wise man. Let me bring gold, something valuable. Let me literally own up and say, you are God. You are the suffering savior. And when I come to that Jesus, when I see that Jesus, I literally will leave overjoyed for I have found the pearl of great price. Jesus actually said this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. He said this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy, he went out and sold all he had and he bought that field. There is a battle to faith. There's a battle to Christmas. Maybe there's a battle For you to receive Jesus. And I just want to encourage you today. I want to speak to you today. Listen, don't go Herod on God. Don't try kill His purpose. What I want to encourage you to do is be like a wise man and seek His treasure. When you find His treasure, you'll find life. When you find His treasure, you'll find forgiveness. When you find His treasure, you'll find abundant life. When you find His treasure, you'll literally be written in the Lamb's book of life. You'll literally become a child of the King. The great honour of my life, the great honour of every person sitting around this room right now, the great honour of every single person in the world today. They literally offered the great invitation, and that is the invitation to be a child of the King. Herod was so busy fighting to retain his kingship that he didn't realise that Jesus, the true King, was offering him the greater invitation, which is that invitation to be a child of the King. Let me ask you a very simple question. Have you received that great invitation to be a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? He came not just for Christmas trees, not just for presents, not just for turkey and chicken and family gatherings. He actually came to be King of your heart. King of your heart. So we're going to pray right now and just as you are watching this, I want you to go to a moment of prayer. I want you to close your eyes with me and I want you to just ask this question, man, am I going Herod on the king? Am I literally trying to kick the king out because I'm so busy trying to build my kingdom, my pleasures, my life, but when the king of all kings come, I'm literally rejecting the greatest gift ever imaginable. See, Herod the Great did that. You don't want to be that guy. You want to be the guy that receives like a wise man, the king of all kings. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every person, every life watching right now, young and old, male and female, every family represented. I pray for them today that your touch and your strength and your grace would be upon them in such a rich way. I pray your peace over this Christmas time. I pray your joy in their hearts Lord, I pray for blessings over their marriages and homes and lives in Jesus' name. For some of you watching right now, you have literally never said yes to the King. You may believe in God, but it's not just enough to believe in God. The Bible actually says the demons believe in God. No, we have to receive Him. We have to literally get off the throne of our heart and we have to say, Jesus be the King of my heart. That's the essence of Christianity. That's the essence of the faith. That's the essence of Christmas. That Jesus actually came to save you and me from our sins. That thing we cannot, we can't build a bridge big enough to get to God. God had to send Himself, Jesus, to become that bridge. So right now, wherever you are, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. This simple prayer but a powerful prayer, a simple prayer, but a life-changing prayer, a simple prayer. This prayer can start the journey of a lifetime like a wise man to come and seek Jesus and to find Jesus. May this prayer help you seek Jesus and find Jesus and know Jesus and leave overjoyed. there be no greater invitation that I can personally do to give you today. No greater present we could, we could hand around the Christmas tree other than receiving the greatest gift ever given. So if that's you today and you're watching, as a church family, we're going to pray a simple prayer and let that prayer connect you. Let that prayer change you in Jesus' name. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus, thank you you, that you are the gift gift of Christmas. Christmas. And right now, now, I make you Lord. Lord. I make you King. Sit on on. the throne of my heart. heart. I trust you. I don't know what that looks like. like. But I trust you by faith. faith. In In Jesus' name. Every single person who prayed that prayer today, make sure you contact our church. There'll be details following so that we'd love to send you a gift. We'd love to see you in person. Also, And have an amazing Christmas season and an amazing 2022. God bless you so much.